Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Dr. Cassandra Dunbar. How has life been treating you? But more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? Me, I have been doing my best to stay afloat, child. Like in full transparency, the past several weeks have been really sobering. Um, and I've just been trying to come to terms with how vile humans can be to each other. Um, it's dampened my spirit, um, but I am doing my very best to remain grounded and to keep my spirits lifted or to lift my spirits rather <laughs> um, because... I realized that because I was reminded that we do our best to serve others and to impart good into the world when we're hopeful. So I need to, so I've been trying to find ways to be reminded that while there is so much madness and sadness and wildness and evil happening in the world, there is also an abundance of good and good people. So I have just been seeking those stories out, seeking those people out and reminding myself of the bigger picture and how I can be a positive vessel and a positive light in this world. So that's where I have. So as a reminder, um, just want to remind you that we have our trip to Cartagena that is coming up in August. So yeah, it might seem like it's a far away because we're only in November, but before you know it, it will be time for the trip. So I want you to be there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I am talking about the inaugural wellness retreat that is called the Inner Renaissance Retreat, which is will be held in Cartagena, Colombia in August 1st through the 5th. I'll have all the information down below. So please go ahead. If you are interested, at the very least, pay your deposit. The deposit is $1.99 and you, this will allow you to pay monthly just to break up the payments. So that way by the time it's around the time of the trip, it will already be taken care of. Um, so yeah, so let's go ahead and hop into today's conversation. Today we are talking about sacred purpose and and I think this conversation is especially poignant this time of year because a lot of us do some reminiscing and ruminating about how our year went. And sometimes we might fall into the trap of feeling like, oh, we didn't do enough or the year was a flop or, you know, we're not sure what our purpose is. And I'm so happy that I spoke to Maisha because she really highlighted some things and she really... Um, made some points that I had made before about our individual purposes. So before we hop into the conversation, let me tell you a little bit about 
Maisha. So today's guest, her name is Maisha Essex, and she is a sacred purpose coach, wellness advocate, motivational speaker, journalist, and digital marketing specialist. She has a passion for teaching the power of mindfulness, meditation, and self-care, and she's become a leading voice in the wellness community. She has had, um, as our conversation will illuminate, she has had a career that has spanned um, various industries. Before launching her own agency, she soared as a journalist, producer, and digital strategist for some of today's most well-known brands. She's worked as the head of social on the marketing team for the Sleep and Meditation app, Calm, as well as a senior editor for Entertainment Tonight, as well as the managing editor of The Shade Room. So as we do the ruminating about our uh, how our year went and maybe even planning about next year, what we would like to do, and you're not sure where to start, I think this conversation is going to be really helpful to give you some ideas as to where to start. And honestly, it's an inside job. So with that being said, let's go ahead and hop into today's conversation. As always, thank you so, so much for joining. I am so glad you're here. Be well, sis. So today I have Maisha Essex with us. She is also known as the Sacred Purpose Coach. And I just have so many questions, so I'm not even going to do all the rigmarole. Let's just hop right into it. Firstly, how are you? I'm doing so well. How are you, sis? I'm good. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy that we're connecting um, because it's been a little bit back and forth on on the back end because life has been life in. So I'm so happy that we're actually able to sit down and have a chit chat together. So I- I have been intrigued by your journey. So let's go ahead and how did you paint the picture of how you arrived to your current, your work that you currently do as the Sacred Purpose Coach? Yes. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me here today. I think it's been all divine timing that we're filming today because it's given us a chance to get to know each other. And I've been following you on social and seeing the beautiful work and stuff that you do. So I am so honored that you are walking your purpose so you can give platforms for us as well. Um, But I have spent my entire career in media, media and entertainment. I have my master's degree in journalism and I've worked in magazines, talk shows, my whole entire career. I was the senior digital producer on a show called The Real Daytime for the first three Mm -hmm. seasons. And then I moved on to The Shade Room. I was the first managing editor there. And then I was a senior editor at Entertainment Tonight. And then from there, my career kind of took a shift. Mm -hmm. Just in my personal life, I started to get really deep into my meditation practice. And I no longer felt like my professional work was in alignment with like where my actual life was. Mm -hmm. And so I started working at Calm, which is the sleep and meditation app. And so I was the head of social there. And then I had really just a feeling that I needed to make a shift and go out on my own because I really had this urge to gift a lot of the things that I felt were nourishing for me in my career. I, I only knew how to run, you know, Mm -hmm. like went to undergrad, went to grad school, got the good job, got the salary, got the corner office, got the title, got the place. Like I only knew how to achieve. Right. Mm -hmm. And I got to a place, I think it was a little bit after I turned 30 and I just crashed, girl, like Mm -hmm. all of that achievement, all of that being great, all of that being Mm -hmm. outstanding. I really crashed because I realized that I got all the things that I thought that I wanted. Right. And it wasn't fulfilling for me. I wasn't happy. And I was like, there still has to be more. And so that's when I started reading a lot. And that's my meditation practice got deeper. 
Um, and then I really just decided for myself that I wanted to shift what my idea of success looked like. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to shift what, um, what's just really what success looked like, like mm-hmm. what, what being rich was, what being wealthy was. Um, I wanted to be well rested. I wanted to be able to breathe. I wanted to be able to enjoy time with my family and friends. So the work that I do now, I really help other people make bold career transitions like I did. Because a lot of people ask, you know, how did you get from the shade room to calm? Or how did you get from Mm -hmm. entertainment tonight? And now you like host meditations, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was really just me following the divine alignment of my life and just watching how things flow and me showing up with whatever was right there in front of me. So that's really kind of the long answer. But today <laughs> I I host wellness events, meditation and mindfulness, sound baths to help give our people the tools that really mm-hmm. helped me. Mm-hmm. And I also coach people in making career transitions. Beautiful. So my first question is, how are you introduced to meditation? Was it something that you just were brought up doing or did somebody introduce you a book, a show, something? Oh, that's such a really good question. No one's ever actually asked me that before. (laughs) So I grew up in church. I've worked in church, served in church my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. And so I only knew how, I only knew tools that I learned in church. And not that those tools weren't helpful for me, but I got to a place, at least in my own mental health journey, I was dealing with panic attacks. I was overwhelmed. I wasn't really able to sleep. I started dealing with a lot of like childhood trauma that I had dealt Mm -hmm. with. And I just got to a place in my life where I wasn't even able to really like focus and show up at work as like my full whole self. So I started searching for something to give me peace. Right. That's what I really started doing. And then in the midst of that, I went went through a breakup and I was living with the person at the time. So I went through this breakup. I was Mm -hmm. going through transition. I changed jobs. I was going through a shift of like changing churches. So God really put me in a place in my life where everything changed. Like nothing was the same. I ended up moving into a different place. And so the Lord really put me into this place of solitude, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was just me. It was just me and my thoughts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when when you've never been still before, being alone is kind of scary, right? Like when you've never really kind of explored the things that are happening in your mind. And you're still dealing with trauma and stuff. You're releasing things from when you're a kid. That inner space is kind of a scary space because you don't know what thoughts are going to try to attack you or what's going to come up. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be very intentional Mm -hmm. about how I was going to use that space of me being alone. Mm -hmm. And I really started listening to uh, Super Soul Sundays, Oprah's podcast. Mm -hmm. And she was doing this interview with Eckhart Tolle, who's the author of The Power of Now and The New Earth. Mm-hmm. And I had started listening to those audiobooks, And so it was really the process for me really started. It was like, it was my own self-discovery. I'm a journalist. So mm-hmm. I was just doing my research. And then from there, I went to like a meditation class and I absolutely loved it. And then from there, I started doing like group meditations. I've never really been a yoga girl just because mm-hmm. I'm not flexible and stuff like that. So that was never <laughs> really my vibe. Mm-hmm. But I loved being able to immerse myself in spaces where I was like concentrating on my thoughts. And then once I got there, see, I always had this misconception that when you meditated, that you're not supposed to be thinking about anything. Right. But the type of meditation I was doing, it was really being the observer behind your thoughts. Right. So like you watching the things that are happening. So think of it like a a freeway. Right. So it's all Mm -hmm. these cars passing Mm -hmm. and you're just being the observer behind what's what's happening. 
And so it allows you to question like, why do I think that? Why are these thoughts of unworthiness coming out? Why do I think that I'm not enough or that I couldn't do this? Or where did that come from? Oh, that's not even of me. That's fear. Or that's someone else, something someone else projected on me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it just got deeper and it really just started to become the like number one tool that I use just for my own personal sanity. So, so many things you said, I really can identify with. Um, the part about, um, like you were just on the go, like just doing all of the things and not being able, not having time to sit still. And you had to sit still when you had all of those life changes happen simultaneously. For me, that was at the height of the pandemic. So when we all went inside, I had to be still. I realized that the way that I work is when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm stressed out, when I don't want to think and face my thoughts or my past or my hurt. Let me get to work. Let me like move. Let me get busy mm-hmm, somehow. Mm-hmm. And then I had and we to do that as down. black women, right? It's yes. like, oh, let's go start a business. Let's go yes. write a book. Like, let's go, go back to school. Stay busy, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I actually was going to ask you. So do you think that? part of you just constantly going and achieving all of the things was that part of your way of kind of not deflecting that's that's not the right word but a way to go away from or to suppress whatever things that you weren't ready to face at that time or was it just well let me just check these boxes off I think it's just how I was kind of raised you know like I was I was the first person in my family to go to college Mm -hmm. and I was always just a good girl. I was a church girl. So Mm -hmm. I had a lot of this conditioning of what being a good girl or a good woman was. Mm -hmm. And my type A personality side always wants to be good, you know? So I was always a great student. I was great at balancing my money. I was like, even in relationships, I'm I'm talking like 20s and stuff. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just want to be the perfect girl so you can want me to be your wife so we can get married so I can have a perfect family. And I- that's just what I thought success was. Right. And it wasn't until all of those things crumbled, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to sit and realize like, what is it that I want for myself? Yeah. What is it that I believe? What does happiness look like for me? And I didn't know that I get to decide life on my own terms. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I get to decide what my happily ever after, what peace looks like for me. Mm-hmm. I only knew how to kind of move in the footsteps of what other people set up for me. Mm-hmm. And I realized it wasn't until I got to my 30s, though, that I realized that like people can love you and they can have the best of intentions, but they can only give you advice to recreate the realities they have. Mm, that part. That's it. Yep. You can yep. you can only give me advice to give you your life. But what if my happiness doesn't look like that? Yeah. What if my idea of peace and joy doesn't look like that? Yeah. And so how do I find what works for me? That was me going within. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, Jesus said in Luke, the kingdom of God is within you. And so yeah. it wasn't until like I went with them myself where I could start hearing, you know, really God talking to me and saying like stripping away just conditioning stuff. I thought what, how I thought I was supposed to look pretty, how I thought I was supposed to show up, how I thought I was supposed to talk, even code switching, you know, how I was supposed to show up in a room. I walk into every room as myself now, you know, mm-hmm. boldly. I speak how I speak. I move how I move. If if anybody gets it twisted, we can put the credentials on the table because I okay. I can show up in that way too, okay. right? Okay. Um, <laughs> but it was just who I thought that I was supposed to be. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as you deepened into in, into your meditation pack, pack, um, practice, and as you started to like look within and reevaluate what you want for yourself, like who you are and yeah. what the success look like for you. 
So I'm an advocate for therapy. Sorry. So did you have a therapist who was like helping you process all the things that were coming up? Or was it just like you took it step-by-step step, essentially alone? So, so I had started going to therapy in my late twenties mm -hmm. and I was dealing with a lot of like my childhood stuff. Mm -hmm. And my therapist wasn't, wasn't a person who really pushed me into mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really started journaling during that process. And I was the first person in my family who really started unpacking a lot of kind of the generational things that have yep. happened. Yep. And that that's a heavy thing to carry, right? And Ooh. I know that for me working, me being successful, me me moving to New York, me getting the job titles and all of that, I know that that was a sense of happiness for the family, right? Yeah. Like when people are Pride. going through stuff, it's like yeah. exactly that has some light, some some light to talk about during the holidays. You know, yeah. like my family calls me peaches. So they're like, oh, you know, peaches is out there doing this and she's doing that. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of like being busy, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um but internally and I had to work through a lot of this in therapy. The, the things that I was achieving, a lot of people in my family were very proud of, but they didn't know the real struggles that I was going through, right? Like yeah. even moving on the other side of the country, being by yourself and even immersing yourself in corporate America, there's a lot of just trauma that happens yeah. in these environments, microaggressions that people don't talk about, right? And it's yeah. like, that's that's not a conversation I can go and talk to my family about that they would understand. Cause it's like, oh, you got that good job. Do whatever you need yep. to do to keep that good job, you know? Yep. Success and could be isolating sometimes. Yeah. Yes. It was very yeah. isolating. And it was it was a space for me that I had to learn new rules. Mm -hmm. So I like I grew up, I guess you would call the hoods, you know? Mm -hmm. And I I went to a black college, but then I went to the Ivy League for for graduate school. And then I started working in corporate America. And then it was just a lot of just language stuff I didn't understand like where I'm from if we don't like each other it's a mutual agreement we know we right. don't like each other you know so it's like if I see you you see me we don't gotta talk we know you know right, right. but then you get you throw you throw someone into corporate America and it's like oh I didn't understand that we cannot like each other but you're still smiling in my face but trying to get me fired behind my back Listen. like I didn't I didn't understand how microaggressions worked like uh, I didn't know I didn't know the treachery um, yeah yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was those kind of things that I had to learn in corporate America. I didn't, I didn't have any type of mindfulness practice. Right. And I worked, mm -hmm. I worked in news. So news never stops. It's story, 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 mm -hmm. story, story. Um, and sometimes there's really stories that are kind of depressing, you know, and yeah. you're listening to audit, you listen to 911 calls and police reports and all of that. Yep. And so I was eternalizing the work that I was doing and the environment that I was in. Um, and then I would come home, like I said, and everyone would be praising like where I was at, but not realizing that I was so, there were seasons of just me being so unhappy in my work. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that's what I wanted to do. Cause I spent my whole career like working in school, that. working mm -hmm. to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you say like in your early thirties, like, yeah, I have the degrees, I have the title, I have the job, all this stuff. But I, I thought I wanted this and I got it and I hate it here you know Ooh, talk about it listen like and so that was that was really the bold thing for me it's like mm -hmm. I have to take my life control of my own life and decide that I'm gonna walk away and leave and that mm -hmm. took a lot of courage for me because yes I have degrees in journalism what are you gonna do if you're not <laughs> what are you gonna right. do if you're not a journalist with degrees in journalism you know right 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 and it was like so what's that next thing for me so so tell me how did you arrive to the next thing <laughs> 
So I started working at Calm, which is such a beautiful season of my life. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I really realized that my passion actually was, is helping younger me. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do I give tools to people who are still kind of in that, I would say the grind, the rat race, the achieving, um, cause I see so many, even the clients that I work with today, I see so many young women that were like me, you know, and we like, we like the nice things. We like all of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's like, how do I give back and give them the tools that really kind of helped me with peace that helped me when I was dealing with panic attacks and anxiety and all of that. Um, so I really started creating these spaces with my team and I, we travel hosting meditations and sound baths to really help put people in an environment with folks who look like us, mm-hmm. who talk like us, mm-hmm. our spirituality is a little different, you know, like mm-hmm. even when you see us in church, our praise and worship is different and all of that. Mm-hmm. So someone who understands, not afraid to mention God, a mm-hmm. space where you can just relax and be, you know, mm-hmm. nobody ever teaches us how to just be, we only know how to achieve, show up for everybody, just be. Yeah. And so that was really important to me is like, how do I use all the things that I've learned on my journey to create spaces for, for everybody else? Super dope. Um, I have a question. So the majority of our listeners um, have the similar background to us. Like they are Black women who grew up in the church. And I find in speaking to women that they're, it's getting better now, but a lot of people may feel that you can't mix the two, you know, like you can either just do church or you can be more open-minded and, and incorporate things like meditation and sound baths. I grew up in a really religious church where even meditation Same. was frowned upon. So Same. two questions for you. The one first question is how did you reconcile the two? Cause you grew up in the church and I'm assuming like your faith is, is important to you. Right. But also embracing and exploring other newer parts of your spiritual journey. Oh, this is really powerful. And I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you in this one here. I grew up in church my whole life and I served in church, Mm -hmm. but there were certain things, lifestyle things Mm -hmm. that I needed to aid in the type of healing that I needed. Mm -hmm. So the things that I was going through with, which was more so like generational trauma, Mm -hmm. it required me to change the way that I was eating. I stopped eating meat because it was mm-hmm. it was too heavy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it required me to spend more time in nature. Mm-hmm. It required me to really take care of my temple. Mm-hmm. And like I said, doing my, my meditation and all of that. And I wasn't, I was no longer in a place where I was being fed in the community that I was in. Now that's not a diss to the church. That's not a diss to my beautiful church family or anything like that. But I think I had elevated above what that group or that community was able to offer me at that season of my life. Sure. And when I started meditating, a lot of people judged me, Mm -hmm. you know, and saying that like, oh, that's witchcraft or that's demonic or that's not of God. Um, and people would come to me, (laughs) come to me like, oh, like God told me to tell you that you need to stop or whatever. (laughs) And I'll be like, well, is God scared of me? Because how come God can't come to me and tell me directly? <laughs> because I have a sense of discernment, your spirit of discernment, you know? And every time I'm doing something that's out of alignment for me, the Lord tells me. I know when I'm doing when I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. But he got my your conscience will speak to me, right? right, right. As it directly, the same way he has guided <laughs> me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And there's so many stories in the Bible of people who had to break out of the norm. Yes to then come back and help the collective, right? right and like, right. there's really, 
when God gives you a vision for something, he gives you that vision. He doesn't yep. go and give the whole group. Right. <laughs> he doesn't go right. and give everybody. He gives it you. And it's your job to give it your yes. It's not your job to figure out the how. Mm-hmm. It's not your job to figure out X, Y, and Z. Your job is to give it your yes. And the things will start to like unravel for you. And so that's what it was for me. It was me giving it my yes. It definitely put me in a season of when I was in the wilderness, like by myself. Mm-hmm. But it was really, it was really beautiful though, the way that things come around because the people who come to my events now um, say, because I think the, the space that we create is very unique in the sense that it's not, it's for people of all spiritual houses. There's not, there's mm-hmm. not one religion or anything like that, but we definitely mention God. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm able to now kind of really minister to the people who come in a different type of way. Yeah. Um, and you use scripture to kind of hold space for them. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible says meditate on the word day and night. So it's like you get to decide in your meditation what you focus on. I know mm-hmm. you've seen meditations with people chanting or other things. Mm-hmm. And who are we to judge? You know, there are other religions because a lot of times meditation is connected to East Asian religions. Right. Um, but this practice isn't it's it's not connected to any one religion. Right. You get to decide what your mindfulness practice looks like. So when you go inside, it's just a beautiful space and that's you and God. And Mm -hmm. when you are able to kind of relax your body distractions, like, oh, my foot is itching or what I'm going to cook for dinner tonight or, oh, did I pay that bill? When you get to a place where you're centered and you can just relax in that and it's just you and God, that channel, then you're able to speak to him and you get this like, it's just a beautiful channel where you can hear him talking to you and it's going to tell you what's next. Yeah. So it definitely was when I first started meditating, it definitely was a space where I was by myself and a lot of people did judge me, mm-hmm. but I'm so grateful though, that I did kind of walk out on my own and discover that because now I see people coming and this is something that they add into their spiritual practice, which is the same thing that I did, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've since have found, you know, church community that embraces all of this. So mm-hmm. that's great for me. So I'm happy that I went on that journey. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's really important too that you never you never want to be in a space where you feel confined in your growth. Right. You know, right. like as you're exploring or growing, you never want to be in a space where someone else doesn't understand. So you don't want to explore or keep going. So yeah. it's like that's just like a beautiful reminder of mm-hmm. like that there's more for you and move on until you find that space where you're being nurtured, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the thing that just came to mind was, you know, God is expansive. Like you are not to, he doesn't want you confined in any way, you know? So yes. if you feel that, that's like a nudge to shake things up a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's that difference. Sorry to cut you off. It's like mm-hmm. the difference they say between religion and spirituality. Um, if spir- like the Bible is like one book, right? Mm-hmm. So think of that as like a chapter, Mm -hmm. And spirituality is like the whole entire, the whole entirety of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So if God created the heavens and the earth and everything, all of his good works and all of these things, it's not just in one book. And I know some people don't understand that or wouldn't agree with that, but there's so many things that are of God that aren't in the Bible. We can think about like anatomy, our bodies, biology, astrology, all of those things are of God. That doesn't mean that, but all of those things aren't in the Bible. So it's like, we're made in the image of him, which means we're creators, right? We're many creators like him. So he's given us our own minds for us to be able to think and to tap into his likeness, which is mm-hmm. the expansiveness of it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the Bible is a beautiful tool, but that is not all that God has given us to expand. And so mm. when we allow ourselves to tap into him, 
then the possibilities become endless, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, I want to use all the tools. I want to use, I want to use my church foundation. I want to use the Bible. I want to use, um, I want to use nature. I want to use community. I want to use my meditation, my prayer life journaling. I want to use everything for me to be able to be the best that I can be, um, yeah. On this journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So beautifully said. And um, while you were talking, I remember this quote that I heard that I really loved. And it says that um, prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening. And I just go. love that piece because I think our culture in general keeps us busy on purpose because when we're busy, whether physically, mentally, whatever, we are not really like we're not tapped into what really is happening Preach. and what really matters. So Preach. us being still, and I'm in a constant battle with myself to sit down because I know my tendency is to get stressed out and move about. Um, but us being still brings that clarity and helps us to, to transition through the different seasons of our lives more se uh, seamlessly, for sure. Yes. And when you read Bible stories, when Jesus needed inspiration, where he needed God to talk to him, he went into the wilderness. He got alone. still, he got alone, alone. he mm -hmm. fasted, he prayed, and God gave him the direction for the next part of his mission. And so yeah. that's how I try to use my life. When That's what I try to do in my life. When things get too busy, I sit yeah. down and I get still. Yeah, yeah. I'm fasting, I'm detoxing, I'm journaling, God, what's next? And I, as I've gotten disciplined in that, it's a, it's like a beautiful relationship. That's where the yeah. relationship part comes in. That because it, part. God is always going to guide you to what's next and kind of a cheat code. If we want to start talking about like, you know, living in your purpose, yes, your purpose is always right in front of you. And that's what I tell people. It's like, we're, we're always searching for this, like big mm -hmm. grand thing. God designed it where like what you need is always right in front of you. It's your job to get still and see it, right? Mm -hmm. So your purpose in your life right now may be, in the be, be being the best mom that you can be, being mm -hmm. the best wife or partner that you can mm -hmm. be, writing that book, that story that keeps popping up in your head. Um, mm -hmm. yes. it's, there's so many things that are just right in front of us. So we have to get still to see it, you know? Yeah. God wants you to fulfill your purpose. God wants you because us, moving in our light and doing the work that we're called to do that glorifies him so he mm -hmm. wants us to do that you know so mm -hmm. he's not going to go and hide it and make it all so super hard for you to find right. your gift right he's not going to go put your gift under a rock, you rock dig right. it. it doesn't work like that what comes easy for you what is right in front of you what is something that other people love when you give it to them and you're like I don't even know why people are praising me for this because it comes so easy that's what you're supposed to do you know mm -hmm. but you don't yeah. see that when you're busy you don't see it when you're too you busy. don't you don't you don't yeah. and maybe even people who like your community who can see the light in you may not be able to see it either because again you're too busy um and I'm so happy you mentioned that about purpose because I have this strong I actually talked about it a couple episodes ago I don't like the idea of searching for purpose. Like you are, you being you, you doing what you love, you doing what you said, like comes yes. naturally to you. That literally is your purpose. God's spirit, the universe is not going to make it harder for us. Like life is challenging by itself, right? Because of the yes. nature of life. Spirit is not going to make things even more difficult by setting you on a quest all around the world um, to figure out your purpose. Like, you know, your purpose just yes. sit still to receive and to hone in on it. And I always tell people too, sometimes your purpose is connected to your wound, right? So mm. think about that, like the most challenging thing that you've gone through in your life, you know, 
mm-hmm. and you've gotten through it. That's mm-hmm. your story. Mm-hmm. There's people who would pay to know the step-by-step process or how I overcame that. I was struggling with my diabetes, but now I eat better. Mm-hmm. I was a caretaker for my mother and now she's healed. I wrote a book and I didn't know how to do the whole publishing process, but now the book is out. Sometimes that's your purpose. And now you get to show up and be the person that you needed during that season for somebody mm-hmm. else. It's that simple. Yeah, It's that simple. And yeah. so it's like everything that we ha- that happens in our lives works for us. Nothing works against us. And sometimes we have, I think it's like destination, uh, anxiety or ambition. Like you want to get sure. this destination so bad. Mm-hmm. But when you keep thinking about happiness as somewhere else, then it's never going to be where you are. Mm. Oh my goodness. That is a word. My goodness. Ooh, that like speaks to our entire culture really and truly because we're taught that happiness is somewhere over there and not in here and we're not even given the tools on how to cultivate it within here so a lot of us get to our late 20s our 30s and that's where we a lot of us are doing our self-work our inner work trying to figure mm-hmm. out okay so what is it that I love what is it who am I even right and how do I cultivate that love right where I'm at um mm. My goodness. Um, so I have a quick question as we wrap up. So if somebody is, quote, in the wilderness right now, or they're about to be in the wilderness, like everything is just coming to a head, what would be one or two like tips or piece of advice that you would give somebody who is, they're going through it right now um, and they don't have the clarity quite yet? Okay. First, I would say focus on gratitude. And so that could just be writing down five things that you're grateful for every night when you go to bed or when you wake up in the morning, Mm -hmm. because when you, the things that everything's mindset, right? Mm -hmm. So the things that we focus on, that's what we create more of. Mm -hmm. And so if you're focused on the trials and tribulations, or this is struggling, or I'm in the wilderness and I'm alone, you're creating more of that because that's how energy works, right? That's the law of attraction. You you attract what you are. So if you're in a place of consistent anxiety, worry, stress, scarcity, I don't got no money, all of this, you're creating more of that. Mm-hmm. So I would say focus on gratitude. Mm-hmm. So every day, what am I grateful for? What do I do? What do I have to be grateful for? I have breath. I have my health. I have mm-hmm. family. I have vision. I have motivation. I have a future all of those things. And so it kind of gives your brain something else to focus on, right? Yeah, and then yeah. once you once you focus on that, then it'll start like creating more of it. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I'm gonna say, and this might sound really basic, but it's very powerful, just make a decision. Like everything happens in your life when you decide it. Mm. So just make a decision. I am going to start a business. You don't have to figure out the how. You make a decision and then from there, you ask God, spirit, the universe, your ancestors, whatever you call it, you ask it for guidance. Now this goes hand in hand with being still, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you ask for guidance, it's going to show you signs. You're going to see beautiful synchronicities. Doors are going to open, all of that, but you have to be still enough to see it. Yeah. But it's not our job to figure out all the how. Mm -hmm. God's got all that part, right? Right, Spirit's got all of that. You make a decision what you want. And then you ask for guidance every step of the way. When you wake up in the morning, Lord, who am I supposed to call today? Who am I supposed to email today? Who do I need to ask for forgiveness from? Where do I need to go? What do I need to do? Put it on my heart, what I need to say. Literally, that, that and that's how I've gotten this whole season of, even when I left corporate America, being an entrepreneur, 
every day. I ask for guidance because I don't know. I can't, I can't tell them. I've never did this before. Right. And that's, that's the truth. All of us are in seasons of our lives where we've never done the thing mm-hmm. that we're doing now before, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's literally, that's where the faith of the mustard seed comes in. You're trusting on a power. You're trusting on intelligence that's bigger than you, right? So those would be the two things that I would say. Focus on what you're gra- grateful for. Your gratitude practice is going to expand the good things and then make a decision what you want and ask for the guidance. Mm. So beautifully put, beautifully, beautifully put. Um, so where can the people find you? Can people, are you taking clients to work with you one-on-one at the time? Um, please share. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So I'm a purpose coach. So I, ha- I work with clients one-on-one. I kind of call what I do a combination between life coaching, spiritual coaching and career coaching. Mm-hmm. And so it's really helping people to get still, mm-hmm. helping them to create what their spiritual practice looks like for them. Um, and then figuring out what that next step is, how to get from A to B. So if you want to quit your nine to five, if you want to get a raise, you want to get a promotion, you want to grow and expand your business. I coach my clients step-by-step step through that. Um, so you can find me online. My website is myeshaessex.com. It's M-Y-E-I-S-H-A-E-S-S-E-X.com. You also can follow me on Instagram at Maisha.essex. And you can follow Zentola and the Bullets, which is the mindfulness group that I manage. And we travel nationwide hosting these beautiful mindfulness experiences. Um, and so we do regular events in Los Angeles. We're going to be in LA on New Year's Day. We do regular events in, in Atlanta. And then we also travel regularly to Baltimore and Washington, D.C. And so you can catch us on the road at a city near you. Oh, beautiful. And I will have all of the links down below. So it's an easy click for you to go to our website, follow on Instagram, follow the the group as well. So that way you are connected and you are tapped in. Thank you so much. This was really, really helpful, really, really helpful. And I'll be honest. So I was rushing in because I forgot I had to pick up my youngest from um, tutoring. So we were stuck in traffic Mm -hmm. and I'm like all frazzles, but this really like fed my spirit. And I feel like a lot of things that you said were reminders I needed to hear right now. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No. And and thank you for even this beautiful platform for having this idea and executing it and doing it because in you, that's how you know when something's your purpose, because you see the fruit of it. Right. So you see something that's able to help so many people. So you giving it your yes and you walk and you're doing what you're called to do is being able to bless so many people with this platform. So I applaud you and I thank you for that too. Thank sis. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, Be Well Sis. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.